Today we are going to study the next part of sexual reproduction in flowering plants. The pistil, megasporangium ovule and embryo sac. Okay, so let's get started with this. The gynoecium represents the female reproductive part of the flower. The gynoecium may consist of a single pistil monocarpillary or may have more than one pistil multicarpillary. When there are more than one, the pistils may, may be fused together, syncarpus or may be free, apocarpus. Each pistil has three parts, the stigma, style and ovary. The stigma serves as the landing platform for pollen grains. The style is elongated slender part beneath the stigma. The basal bulk part of the pistil is the ovary. Inside the ovary is the ovarian cavity locule. The placenta is located inside the ovarian cavity. Recall the definition and types of placentation that you studied in your class 11th. Arising from the placenta are the megasporangia commonly called ovules. The number of ovules in an ovary may be 1 as example of wheat, paddy, mango, too many as in papaya, watermelon and orchids. Now we are going to study about megasporangium ovule. Let us familiarize ourselves with the structure of a typical angiosperm ovule. The ovule is a small structure attached to the placenta by means of a stalk called funicle. The body of the ovule fuses with the funicle in the region called hilum. Thus, hilum represents the junction between ovule and funicle. Each ovule has one or two protective envelopes called integuments. Integuments encircle the nucleus except at the tip where a small opening called the micropyle is organized. Opposite the micropyle end is the chalaza representing the basal part of the ovule. Enclosed within the integuments is a mass of cell called the nucellus. Cells of the nucellus have abundant reserve food material. Located in the nucellus is the embryo sac or female gametophyte. An ovule generally has a single embryo sac formed from megaspore. An ovule generally has a single embryo sac formed from a megaspore. Megasporogenesis. The process of formation of megaspores from the megaspore mother cell is called megasporogenesis. Ovules generally differentiate a single mother, a single megaspore mother cell (MMC) in the micropylar region of the nucleus. It is a large cell containing dense cytoplasm and a prominent nucleus. The MMC undergoes meiotic division. What is the importance of MMC, MMC undergoing meiosis? It is simple that after meiosis only, the MMC, is, MMC, MMC forms megaspores, which are further converted into embryosic. Meiosis results in the production of four megaspores. Now, female gametophyte. In a majority of flowering plants, one of the megaspore is functional while the other three degenerate. Only the functional megaspore develops into the female gametophyte or embryo sac. This method of embryo sac formation from a single megaspore is termed as monosporic development.
what will be the ploidy of the cells of the nucleus mmc the functional megaspore and female gametophyte so nucleus mmc both of them have ploidy to n but the functional megaspore and female gametophyte have their ploidy as haploid or n now let us study formation of embryo sac in a little more detail okay the nucleus the nucleus of the functional megaspore divides mitotically to form two nuclei which move to the opposite poles forming the two nucleate embryo sac two more sequ uh, sequential mitotic nuclear division result in the formation of four nucleate and later the eight nucleate stages of the embryo sac it is of interest to note that these meiotic mitotic divisions are strictly free nuclear that is nuclear divisions are not followed immediately by wall formation after the eight nucleate stage cell walls are laid down heading to organization of the typical female gametophyte or embryo sac observe the distribution of cells inside the embryo sac six of each nuclei surrounded by cell walls and organized into cells the remaining two nuclei called polar nuclei are situated below the egg apparatus in the large central cell there is a there is a characteristic distribution of cells within the embryo sac three cells are grouped together at the micropylar end and constitute the egg apparatus the egg apparatus in turn consists of two synergids and one excel the synergids have special cellular thickening at the micropylar tip called filiform apparatus which plays an important role in guiding the pollen tubules pollen tubes into the synergid three cells are at the chalazal end and are called the antipodals the large central cell as mentioned earlier has two polar nuclei thus a typical angiosperm embryo sac at maturity though eight nucleate is seven celled now we will study about pollination in preceding sections you have learned that the male gametes and female gametes in flowering plants are produced in the pollen grain and embryo sac respectively as both types of gametes are non motile they have to be brought together for the fertilization to occur how is this achieved it is achieved by special phenomenon now pollination is the mechanism to achieve this objective transfer of pollen grains shed from the anther to the stigma of a pistil is termed as pollination pistil is same as here is used as carpel but pistil is different as pistil is a group of carpels or one carpel so here pistil is used in place of carpel flowering plants have evolved an amazing array of adaptations to achieve pollination they make use of external agents to achieve pollination can you list the possible external agents now kind of pollination depending on the source of pollen pollination can be divided into three types autogamy gitanogamy and xenogamy we will discuss about all of them 
in detail. Autogamy. In this type, pollination is achieved within the same flower. Transfer of pollen grains from the anther to the stigma of the same flower in a normal flower which opens and exposes the anthers and the stigma completely autogamy is rather rare. Autogamy in such flowers requires synchrony in pollen release and stigma receptivity and also the anthers and the stigma should be lie close to each other so that self-pollination can occur. Some plants such as voila or common fancy, oxalis and comelina produce two types of flowers. Chasmogamous flowers which are similar to flowers of other species with exposed anthers and stigma and clistogamous flowers which do not open at all. In such flowers, the anthers and stigma lie close to each other. When anther dies in the flower buds, pollen grains come in contact with the stigma to effect pollination. Thus, clistogamous flowers are invariably autogamous as there is no chance of cross-pollen landing on the stigma. Clistogamous flowers produce a short seed set even in the absence of pollinators. Do you think? That clistogamous is advantageous or disadvantageous to the plant? Why? Next is Chitonogamy. Transfer of pollen grains from the anther to the stigma of another flower of the plant. Although Chitonogamy is functionally cross-pollination involving a pollinating agent genetically, it is similar to the autogamy since the pollen grains come from the same plant. Next one is Xenogamy. Transfer of pollen grains from anther to the stigma of a different plant. This is the only type of pollination which during pollination brings genetically different types of pollen grains to the stigma. As in this case, the pollen grains come from the stigma of uh, come from the anther of different plant.